When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our first trade supper of 2017 and we've got a transfer to discuss. Uh, Rudy Gestead obviously confirmed earlier this week and um, Phil Vick, Jono, obviously discussed what he's going to offer to Borough, whether he'll feature on uh, Sunday against Sheffield Wednesday, whether it means anyone else is going to leave. To start with, uh, like the summer, it's a case of Borough acting quickly, isn't it, and getting the target over the line? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in first, I think. Um, yeah, it is, yeah that, that was the best thing about Borough's transfer business in the summer, wasn't it? It clearly was a, a strategy set out early and, and they went and got the top targets. And, and clearly they've done that again in January. It's no surprise that they've gone and tried to get a striker in early on. Um, for whatever reason, uh, Aitor clearly doesn't think he's got an alternative to Negredo in that squad that, that fits yeah. his system. Um, and he's gone and got Gusted, and you'd have to say on paper he looks like a striker that could sit, foot, you know, could suit the system. Um, he's an aerial menace, isn't he? I mean, he, he's a lot. He scores a lot of goals in the air, um, and he's kind of similar to Negredo in that mould. So you can see why um, when he's arrived, and like a lot of Borough's transfers over the last kind of year, he arrives with a point to prove, which is the big thing. You've looked at the stats, haven't you? And his scoring record, his goals to minutes record, is is actually not bad. And last season he got five in a pretty dismal relegated side. And that five in four. Yeah, no, he was averaging one in four last year, which so, is what Negredo is averaging now. But I mean, I think the important thing is not so much uh, what his past stats are, but you know what he can add to the squad, what he brings to the squad. And he he, he is something that we don't have, which is a a massive strapping handful in the box. And and over the years, you know, we've been calling for that in the last 20 minutes as an option. You know, someone that can actually, you know, terrorise defences and get on the end of crosses. And and add to you who, if you will. It scares scares our defence, so why doesn't it scare other defences? It was interesting to note that on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whenever it was, against Leicester, uh, I think Borough put 40 crosses into the box. and a lot of them went begging, and the obvious thing is to say, well, there's no one there to get on the end of them. Well, maybe Gistet is that. Maybe that is another option that the club are considering when they're chasing the game in the last 20 minutes. Uh, clearly, the manager doesn't think that whatever Jordan Rhodes and, and David Nugent brings to the party, he doesn't think it's good enough in the Premiership for the way he wants to play. It's, it's harsh, uh, and you'd say both of them probably haven't had a chance this season, but you know, football is a very harsh environment. And if the manager is given the option of bringing in new players to solve a problem, they invariably do that. Hypothetically speaking, <coughs> would two strikers be enough? If if Rhodes and Nugent were both to go, would you then go, have to go out and buy another one? Or, or would I talk Aranka think in Negredo, uh, Gusted and, and possibly Christian Stuani has got enough there? He might do if he thinks Stuani is capable of stepping up as a striker. We haven't seen him use him in that role, have we? Um, I would have thought it'd be a one-in-one-out scenario. So if Nugent went, you might think, well, he's got Rhodes as well as uh, Negredo. But I think if Rhodes goes as well, which is looking increasingly likely in terms of his um, whether he'll be used 
over the second half of the season. And then you'd think that it want that 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 backstop a little bit of a safety net. Um, I mean, I, I I don't have a problem with Burrasan in Gishted. I think it's a different type of player. Um, I don't think I do think that the issue around creating chances isn't personnel. It, it's it's just getting more bodies forward. I don't think it's um, necessarily Negredo's fault mm. or Triori's fault or Downing's fault or. Ramirez's fault. It's Borough play deep, don't they? they? They set up to keep it tight at the back and um, look to score if they can. Um, I, I, you know, I think you said will be the first change if Negredo isn't um, either fit or he needs to come off with twenty minutes to go, something like that. But I mean, I don't see Borough suddenly pumping long balls forward to take advantage of his build and his height. It's nice to have that option. I mean. We don't Burrow don't look particularly threatening at corners, do they? So that might be something where he can he can add a little bit of a, a extra height. Uh, I was thinking that against Leicester actually. I saw you know Burrow getting as Vic says the ball in the box, but there's nothing there. So it's kind of a it, it's kind of almost you know it, it, it's it's a tactic that's not going to work if, if if you're not going to get Ben in the box to get on on the end of those crosses. With with Gestead, I mean I, I I was one of them when I when I saw the link and, and obviously when we we, we checked it out. It, I didn't jump off my seat and think, oh, that's, this is going to be exciting. Not like Jordan Rose did this time last year, but looking a little bit deeper at it, I mean, yes, he's had a frustrating 18 months, but he actually at Blackburn, looking back at the stats, he was a one in two striker, and he, he actually, average, his average you know, per minute was better than Jordan Rhodes. Now, over a season. <coughs> over, over that season, yeah. And that's not to say he's a better striker than Jordan Rhodes, but equally it's all about how you're fitting, isn't it? And, and he does, he will come with, with his kind of reputation a little bit under question, won't he? But some players kind of need that to, to come up to the fore. He has got his, his critics, he has had question marks about him, and he's, he was part of a Villa team that were pretty dreadful in the Premier League last year. But this is his chance now, and he has got it, and he's, you know, you've seen that Aito Karanka across the board, more or less. Has made makes players better, you know. When when they sign for Borough, he tends to make them better, and he'll have to do that with Gusted. He seems a, he's not the finished article. I don't think. I think Borough have to, as Phil say, play to his strengths. But I think that it's it's not a bad move by all parties. I think the the Fevic, um probably a sign of the times that not much has been made of it. But only what three or four attacking players, strikers, have, have cost more for Borough in history. We're just saying that you know two years ago it would have been an absolutely massive signing. Uh, now, because we're in the Premier League, you know, some of the reaction has been, you know, people have been underwhelmed by it, uh, as if it's the only st- signing they're going to make. And and it, I find it strange, really, because for me personally, whoever comes in, irrespective of what they've done elsewhere and what their reputation is, or, or whatever you think of them over the highlight blipverts that you might have seen over the last couple of years, you've got to give people a chance. And sometimes it's not so much what they do. It's what they bring out in others, how they fit into the, the, the skill set and how, what they add to the cocktail, really. And until we actually see that on the pitch, I don't think anyone, we're in any position to judge, really. Uh, but in terms of what you can bring into the club in January, some, you know, it, it, it's, it's not a massive market you're playing with because the number of players that are available from other squads... It's usually quite small. It's the people that are on the fringes in other places or are not wanted by the manager or, or whatever. And you don't get the, the two months' work to bring in exactly the right person that you want with the time scale that you want and then give them a pre-season. So it's all very well people saying we should go for X, Y and Z. But X, Y and Z are either not available 
or if they are available in January, there's a lot of competition for them. And although, you know, Borough are back in the Premier League, I don't think we can realistically compete with some of the bigger clubs that are in the Premier League now in terms of our location, the security. If you're going to get a quality player, would they come to a relegation-threatened side in their first, first year in the Premier League? Well, I don't think they would. Next year, you know, if we stay up and we're in a different position, then, you know, then we can market ourselves as an established, ambitious club. Then maybe you, you get a, to, to choose from a different draw. Uh, but from right, you know, right now, you know, you've, you've got to go with what is available who wants to come here and how many boxes they tick. So the crunch, I'm just going to say the crunch is, by the way, I mean, first of all, he may start less than two or three games mm. over the remainder of the season if Negredo stays fit. That's the first thing they mention. So people getting themselves aerated about Gestead uh, might never see him or might hardly ever see him. He might get tw- 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there. The other, the other crux, of course, is that if, God forbid, Negredo gets injured in the first week in February... Is Gustav your, your plan B, your next option? And, and, and I'm, I'm sure it probably is from what we've, from what we've seen, how Aitor's used the, the other two strikers. So that'll be the telling point, won't it? If Burrenead goes out of Gustav in six or seven crucial games after the, after the transfer window closes, that's when we'll find out whether he really is a good signing or not. We'll we'll concern, we'll just start uh, on Sunday. Uh, I'll start him on Sunday, definitely, just because if he doesn't, I don't know when he, w- when he would play. I mean, you wouldn't throw him in from the offer at Watford or anything like that in the Premier League. The one worry I've got about Gusted, and it, you know, it's very similar to any striker, really, is that if you are having 10 minutes here or there, it's, all, it's almost impossible to, to build up a head of steam. So if he's averaging, let's say, a goal every 200 minutes... That could take him. That could take him hundred games if he plays two two game two minutes a game. Um, Jordan Rhodes obviously had an identical record to him, but Jordan Rhodes isn't getting a sniff. So that's the concern about Gusted. Is is he going to get any game time? And it is six million pounds a lot of money for someone that won't play. You, you talked, Vic, about the difficulty of, of, uh, of clubs acting in January. Would you expect more players to come in this month? Or do you think that could be that? <coughs> I think the club are aware that they need some more creativity they need someone to cover for the Gaston Ramirez role because if he's injured or he's marked out of a game there's very little else there so I think everyone is aware that that is the key position Uh, but it's very difficult to get someone that's good enough in January Uh, we fell lucky last January in getting Gaston Ramirez Mm. but he was out in the cold at Southampton it was a gamble really he was a busted flush and the, the deal was only made to made work because he was willing to take a massive cut in, in his own personal wages and Southampton and Borough came to a, an arrangement over the the rest of it. It was a very difficult deal to put together and a lot of people at the time, I'm, I'm sure fans would have reacted just as with, with just the kind of backlash that there is now. I mean, you know, this is a guy who had flopped, in inverted commas, at Southampton, certainly in his last two seasons there. He'd flopped on loan at Hull and then he hadn't played for four, for four months. It's the risk, though, isn't it, of of looking to bring someone in, or the risk of going on yeah. without yeah. the creativity that you need that might catch you out as yeah, I mean, the second half of the season. I, as, as you know, I had a look at the squad yesterday, and we've all got our own opinions about where Borough is strong and weak. But I, I looked through from front to back or back to front, and the only place where I think Borough are genuinely, well, where you could genuinely say there's a, there's, a, there's a possible need for adi- adding a player to the squad is in the attacking midfield positions, probably on the the right. right. I'm not sure you can rely on Triari, he's 20 years old, we know he's a bit mercurial, 
uh, I'm not sure he's the way to go over the remainder of the season. If you want to be belt and braces about it and, and be safety first and just get over the line, whatever happens. I think Burr okay on the left. They've got they've got Ramirez, they've got Downing, they've got Fisher. I think one of those three will always play there. Uh, on the right, you've got it feels it feels as though you've you're kind of settling a little bit with Stuani, a player, a striker playing out of position. Triori, a young player still learning his game. One or two other options, as as we know. But I, I do think, and I think there was a there was a feeling within the club at the end of the last window that that was the one area that probably would have liked to have strengthened further. Well, they didn't replace Albert Ado, did they? Let, let, well, they would. I, I mean, they needed they needed a wing. I mean, obviously you had people like needed Yannick, some Yannick while Adoma was there. Yeah, didn't they, so they, they needed to. You needed two, <laughs> and and that's the gap in the squad. But I think the spine is really strong. I mean, centre back and centre mid. I mean, you don't need anything there unless someone leaves. Um, but you could probably. I mean, it's just it's just the fringe players like the wing and, and the attacking third. But you could say the same about any team in the bottom six. Really, I think that Borough have to their advantage is that their spine is really good. And albeit, you know, we were all kind of just about woken up from that game against Leicester. Borough don't ship goals. They don't concede many goals. The goal difference is is already vastly superior to anyone else down there. And the refreshing thing this season is that you go to places like a Man City or an Everton or an Arsenal, and you never think we could get turned over here. You never think they're going to concede four or five goals, and that probably is what I think will keep Borough up. Outgoings, obviously Thomas Mejias has, has gone and Julian Desart's expected to follow to, to move to Derby County. Do you think he'll be the first of, of a few of that sort of player, those who've been on the yeah. fringes? James Husband's another that's been yeah. to mind. I mean, James Husband probably would have gone in August had he not been injured. So, yes, I, I think the ones that are, have been in the squad to make up the numbers, so you know, we look like we've got a 25-man squad, I think they will be trimmed. I think there's a possibility that uh, Carlos Tepeña might go out, probably on loan. Possibly to Spain, maybe to back to Uruguay. the MLS, maybe to Uruguay. It depends on who obviously can afford his wages. So, uh, y- yes, there will be some trimming, and I think maybe if if it creates the room, they might bring it in another one. Um, in last January, they brought in Julian Dessart, obviously as a to have a look at him as a as a long term prospect. I don't think he was intended at that point to to go into the squad but he was available and so you know if you've got people who become available you know and you've got the, the the excess money then you know why not bring them in and have a good look at them but i don't think there'd be there'd be too much radical surgery to the, the, the what you know what we think of as the first team the start will be an interesting one, yeah, won't it? Because it's a big club. It's a club that are going for promotion this year. I mean, you couldn't get in the Borough team last season because obviously the heat of the promotion battle. Well, Derby are pretty much in that themselves now. Now I quickly messaged the uh, Derby writer down there and said, "How much time is he going to get up to play?" Obviously, you've got people like Jacob Butterfield there, Bradley Johnson, Will Hughes, Craig Bryce, and all you know, pretty seasoned Championship players. Uh, he says that George Thorne uh, is injured long term, and he says the only kind of holding midfielder they've got who can you know, play the percentage is, is Bradley Johnson, and he's been hit and miss anyway. So Dessart, if he plays his cards right, could get some game time there, but it's going to be a big learning curve for him, isn't it? Because he's barely kicked a ball in 12 months. I think we were all in agreement, Phil. I remember in the summer we were all agreement, in agreement as to how good he looked in mm. the summer. Oh, fantastic at York. He's a, place, he's a player that the club rate highly behind the scenes. It's just probably a year too soon for him for the Premier League, maybe 18 months. But you know, again, like Vic says, he's one of those players you get in when you can. I, I, a bit like um, Adam Forshaw. You know, it's two years now since he signed. It's only now are we seeing the benefit of that signing because they knew they had to get him then when his when his valuation was low because they knew he was a good player. Wigan needed to sell, and it and it and it, they thought, well, we don't want to wait. We'll miss out. And I think that's 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 funny enough. 
the other type of signing Borough might make this month. It mightn't be somebody for for the, re- for the remainder of the season, but it might be somebody who they think in 18 months' time will be a top-notch Premier League footballer. So I wouldn't be surprised if a player from be it Belgium, Germany, wherever, popped up sometime before the window closed and you're thinking, well, I'm not too aware of him, but you can guarantee that they'll have scouted him to the point where they know he's one of the hottest properties in Europe. Just moving away from uh, transfers, obviously managers upheaval, the team seem to be panicking at the bottom, Swansea uh, acted, Hull acted, or Sunderland, obviously David Moyes is in a spot to bother down there, although they got a good point against Liverpool. It's that time of year, isn't it, where clubs look at the table and, and start to panic? Yeah, it's actually later than that time of year, because that usually starts in October. Uh, but yes, uh, managerial changes at the bottom. Paul Clement, I'm not sure about, I mean, he's obviously a good coach, uh, there were extenuating circumstances at Derby where I think interference from the boardroom probably did more damage to the dressing room than, than he did and he carried the can for it. Hull, well, I think Mike Phelan was uh, was in a hostage situation and after 83 days he's finally been released looking bedraggled. I don't think he wanted the job. I don't think they wanted him. But the t- two wins early on kind of swung the, swung the day for him. Uh, People down there describe the job as a poison chalice, and the the club is dysfunctional. So, and they brought in someone from outside the the country to to manage as well. So that that to me seems like they haven't really improved their situation very much. Uh, Swansea Palace is an interesting one, isn't it? Because you, yeah. Allardyce is the type of manager you'd expect to get a bit of reaction from. Arsenal you expect to get B, but Watford away and Swansea at home, they're probably the two yeah. kindest fixtures you could have asked for. Yeah, that, <coughs> Palace are the one that I think will be fine. Actually, um, it's three out of the four teams underneath Borough, isn't it, now that have, have changed managers? Yeah, yeah. Now, I had Swansea dead and buried before they went and won at Palace, but I think that Big Sam, Big Sam teams just don't go down. I, I, I think that the squad's too good for that. I think they'll pull away, but it, it's going to be interesting. Because Borough go to all those teams, don't they, and over the next kind of couple of months? They have to go to Hull, they go to Swansea, uh, they go to Palace, I think, next month, don't they? And then they host Sunderland. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be tight. I still think Hull and Swansea are the two that look that look like they're going to be there or thereabouts the other one I think we've said it before I think we said it a few weeks ago Watford are just falling like a stone yeah. I was going to say Walter Mazzari will, well, will the, he last will well, he last until well, Borough go there because he's under serious pressure is, isn't he their longest serving manager <laughs> <laughs> I mean the two the two clubs I mean, the two of the worst clubs I've ever seen in a top flight fixture were Hull and Swansea so it almost Impossible not to improve them by going there because they were shambles, weren't they? Watford weren't much better, were they? And I was about to say the yeah. third worst team I've seen by a long stretch were Watford's. And how Borough, it was a real indictment of Borough's performance yeah. that day that they didn't beat them because they were there for the take. And oh, we all said oh, that yeah, after the, 20 the minutes, Borough were walking through their defence. You just thought by how many that Borough were going to win. So that was a that was a really bad and worrying performance. And, and, and since then, the team have picked up massively. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's always a team that slips, isn't there? That, 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 that looks relatively safe around Christmas, and before you know it, they've got themselves in. But still, half a season to go. You know, anything. You know, literally anything could happen. I do think Hull and Swansea probably have too much to do, but that other third spot is still wide open. All of a sudden, next weekend's trip to Watford looks pretty, pretty massive, doesn't mm. it? Really? Because if, but if Borough can get a result there. All of a sudden, Watford are, are banging trouble. I mean, you look at Borough now, what have they got? They've got four points plus the best goal difference, mm. or near enough the best. Yeah. Pretty much a five-point cushion already. 
win a couple of important games over the next few weeks and it does take the heat off massively. Well, you would think Watford, if, if Matsari was still there when Borough go there, which, which you know they haven't got a game before then, unless I'm not sure who they're playing yeah, the cup, unless they have a disaster there, a Borough win there could push him over the edge. Um, Sunderland, do, does it simply rely on them as to whether they keep Jermaine Defoe? I mean, if they lose Defoe, is that then gone? If they keep him, they'll always another chance? I think it'd be madness. So, you've got to feel sorry for Sunderland. I mean, I know a lot of our <laughs> fans won't and they'll be sat here laughing, but their injuries this season have been absolutely incredible. And it just feels like a club where everything is going wrong. And the last thing they will have wanted today was the phone call from West Ham. Uh, and although initially it's been knocked back, it can have a really unsettling effect and we don't know what's going on behind the scenes at Sunderland but it's quite clear that the, the owner is either trying to claw some money back or possibly sell the club and we know that the manager's been told there's no money to reinforce the squad unless he sells someone and it might just get to the point where he gets desperate and takes, takes the money. Uh, Jermaine Defoe might think this club's a basket case if it doesn't go down this year it's going to be struggling next year and he's 34. And he's got history at West Ham. If, he's well, been, if he gets offered a two-year deal somewhere, he may be tempted. I mean, the main thing, one thing I would say on that is that, I mean, we always, always assume the player would want to go to West Ham, but he's probably enjoy, quite enjoying the role he's got at Sunderland at the moment. He's kind of a bit of a four-key role. He's playing every week. He's Captain scoring goals. He's the main man. Um, he goes to West Ham, he might get a few games, then come the end of the season, he's bound to be surplus to requirements. If West Ham stay up, they're going to look to a younger... They're going to make big changes, aren't they? They're going to bring players in. Suddenly, he's sat on his, sat on his hands again in, in the summer at a club that doesn't want him. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he just... Yeah, of course, it's tempting to make the move, isn't it? But I wouldn't be surprised if he's probably just want things. I'm quite happy. Whether he, whether he moves or not, the, the disruption and the, yeah. the fear that will go through the club at the prospect of it, because it's not going to go away, because West Ham will come back with a better offer and maybe you know other, other teams might be interested as well. So that kind of speculation over your, your main man is not helpful at this time of the season when the manager is under pressure. Sunderland are interesting. I think they're opposite, the opposite to Borough. I think Sunderland, where every week you think they have a goal in them. Across the board, Defoe has a goal in him. Wherever he's playing, whether it's Old Trafford, where he's playing Liverpool, this, that and the other. Whereas, but they're, they're terrible at the back. Whereas Borough are the opposite and they're excellent in the back. But sometimes you scratch your head and think, where's this goal going to come from? I'm going to put my head on, neck on the line. I think both Borough and Sunderland will be in the Premier League next season. Well, well, I was going to get you on that. At the start of the year, and I haven't got them to hand, we obviously had a crack at our predictions as to who will go down. I think Burnley featured in a few. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. think, I remember I might have had Burnley, Hull and Swansea. If, if you were to, if you was to pick out the three now, at the halfway point, just past the halfway point, who would they be? Hull and Swansea, definitely third one. Um, I don't think Sunderland or Borough will go. And equally, I don't think Palace. So by default, that means Watford. I think that what Watford do in January is going to be very important because they're plummeting, aren't they? I mean, they've slipped down from... Were they ninth at one point? They did this last season as well, didn't they? They had a terrible second at half <clears> of the season as well. So, no, if, there's one team, if you had a choice of who you'd want to go down, Watford would be definitely one of them. I don't, think I, like, I don't like anything about that club at the moment. And, and they're, 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 they've been a great club in the past, punching way above the weight. They've had some great teams, produced some great players... And you know, for a small town team, not not massively dissimilar to Middlesbrough in terms of being unfashionable, they, but at the moment I just don't like that. You know, to see them running out at the Riverside with ten of the eleven starting players, the best will in the world. Well, on loan or whatever you want to call it, not not English, bringing nothing into the English league, kind of surviving 
and you know there's nothing like the Middlesbrough model of producing young homegrown talent you know I, I, I think as well I think I think John was right I think they could go just turn into a, a bit of a I tell you what you, you watch yeah. the, you watch them finish 7th now yeah, yeah yeah and finally before we wrap up title have Chelsea got it wrapped up or is it far far too early for that I don't think it's wrapped up. It's incredible that they've not shot like, 13 wins on the back. Obviously, this podcast before the Tottenham game, they're 13 they on the lose pants. They lose 4-0 and yeah, yeah, have to go back yeah. in and edit that. 13 on the pants, but yeah, they're, they're still not over the hill, I don't think. I think Liverpool are still looking good. Bad, bad to lose points at, at Sunderland, obviously, but I still think it's not quite think, there yet. I think they're the best organised unit. Yeah. I think I think the it, Liverpool have once again picked a really bad season to be really good in, yeah, yeah. you know, and and as they did, you know, typically when last season when it was the, it was the if they'd been this Liverpool team last season would have walked the title, oh, yeah. frankly. Yeah. Um, at, at the moment, it looks like Chelsea all the way, and uh, the way Pep Guardiola's I'm on one now, so the way Pep Guardiola's been behaving lately, I hope it's not. I'm City. pleased he was spiked with someone else because it's not just me. He's just like me. But it was yeah. all right till he spoke to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm upset him. I think it was Borough that broke them, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. we broke them. Thanks a lot, fellas. Much appreciated.